seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bynum at Celtic podcast. My name is Lon Stonigan and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, by my new svelte slimline, Remy McSwain. <laughs> How you doing, Remy? I'm alright. You see, you can't call me a cat fun anymore, so that's really uh, ruining your patter. That's my patter ruined. I've got no more, no more slagging. Yeah, no, reports are in. Uh, I'm not going to reveal who told me, but I hear you were cutting about uh, Glasgow on Saturday looking like Mo Farah. Well, maybe not quite. I, like I, I was looking so good. I was, I was just glad Ross Thompson wasn't in the QPC. That's all I can say. Very good. Oh, very good. Oh, boom, boom. Oh, he's, he's stood down, hasn't he? I saw that. Yeah. Oh, yep. man. Anyway, uh, Remy, that's enough for you. Uh, as I say, I'm not going <laughs> to reveal my sources, but uh, welcome to uh, Paul Thompson. How you doing, Paul? I'm, I'm good. Long thanks very much. I was in the QPC on Saturday, but... Uh, I couldn't bite my finger, never mind biting anything else. <laughs> right, this is this is wandering into dangerous territory here. Uh, we never, uh, so, uh, I, how was it, Paul? How was the how was the Queen's Park Cafe? It was very good. Uh, we we had a, a few pre-match drinks in there after having a few pre-match drinks up up the town. So it was. Uh, a half-five kickoff probably wasn't the best idea. I think I don't know what what it was like where you were sitting, Remy, but where I was, there was quite a few people who'd obviously been out for the day, if I can put it that way. So it was a very jovial night. The um, actually, I well, in case you haven't noticed, uh, Celtic five, Hibernian two. The that's uh, isn't the Betfred League Cup final, whatever you want to call it. I what about the five? I saw something people were praising at the five thirty kickoff, Rem. Quite a good idea. The atmosphere seemed to be quite good. I uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, you know, maybe I have to be honest, it suits me because I live in Glasgow. But having having uh, a few beers before you get to the soulless dump that is Hamden is is always a good idea. And uh, I thought the atmosphere was was pretty good. Um, game started in the dark, and as Paul said, it was a high percentage of the the crowd were absolutely pissed. So it was uh, it was good fun. The uh, it looked good. Hamden looked great on the TV. You know how they come in with that uh, drone shot or whatever it is. I uh, it looked it looked really really good on the telly. And then of course you zone into the ground. Actually, I was look, expecting tons of empty seats, Paul, but it looked uh, looked pretty full. I think because they've handed so many tickets back to us during the week, so I think allegedly we had about thirty eight, thirty nine thousand there. And then there was only really one section which you wouldn't have seen, which was right up in the kind of tucked up in the far corner to the left as you look at it on the screen. So you wouldn't have seen that with the cameras. That was only, I think there was maybe three blocks of seats that just above the Hibs end that they hadn't sold. But the rest of it was pretty, I think it was at 49,000 or something. So that was kind of been far off capacity. Um, anyway, we'll come to that game, but I suppose we should catch up. Uh, there's been a couple of games, uh, specifically. Uh, the Europa League game. I think we did a podcast just before that. Did it, did anybody predict? We did, we did and we we uh, we predicted a win. Oh, did, I can't. Did. Did, what you and Paul, not me? Did I say a draw? No, no you never predict us to win. The um the but I tell you what I do notice. Well, that was a what a night that was. Um, two one. 
But I noticed since then, Lazio have gone on a winning streak. They're now fourth in Serie A. I remember thinking at the time, I don't think we got enough praise for that performance. I mean, we got obviously we got praised, but that was it. Lazio are a really, really good team. I mean, not absolutely top notch. I think they kind of lack a real superstar player, especially as the only, you know, the only candidate was on the bench for most of that game. But an unbelievable performance, Ren, wasn't it? Uh, well, I think the the superstar will be playing on Thursday, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a brilliant night and a great result. But I didn't think Lazio were all that good. Um, I thought they, I thought they gave the ball away far too much. So did we. But uh, I thought once we switched to three five two, we had the measure and we deserved to win. It was a, it was a cracking night though. But uh, I didn't think it was the highest quality game. I know that sounds really churlish, but I loved it. Um, well, I, I, well, again, just maybe in the, as an attacking uh, force, I don't think they were. But defensively, I thought they were superb. Um, and as I say, they've now gone up to beat Milan yesterday. Uh, now going to fourth in Syria. Obviously, Juventus will win that. But Lazio uh, might. I don't. Did they fire their manager, Paul? I think there was talk about him getting uh, him getting boosted after losing to us. I don't think they did, but I think I think they were. He was caught in a shaky peg, but. I I'd agree with with anyway. I think they are a good team, but but we we played well in the night, but they weren't brilliant. Certainly first half, they, they picked up a bit in the second half, but first half they were pretty. You know, I think they they kind of sat off us a bit. They tried to play the ball about, uh, but but kept giving it away. And I think we were a bit we were trying sort of guilty over playing it a bit as well. Uh, but it settled down. Second half was storming, absolutely storming night. So yeah, it was. Uh, as much as I dislike the Europa, Europa League generally, it was a good night. Um, That's what I was going to ask for a man that for a man that doesn't like the Europa League. You you, you had a good time, eh? Well, aye, I did. But it's, uh, see, for me, it's it's like a free swing. Do you know what I mean? It's that that because I'm not that bothered about it. If it's good, it's really good. So, and if it's bad, I wasn't that bothered about it in the first place. So, I'm, it's win-win for me in Europa League. The um. I, I, the one, well, a couple of thoughts about the game itself, Remy. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> a couple of thoughts. One, uh, well, For- Forster. That is, uh, I know you've been banging on that for a long time, but that, that, you, that, I mean, that was a absolute proof positive that uh, what an upgrade he's proved to be, hasn't he? Oh, oh that, I mean, that, that save at the end. Unbelievable. The place was absolutely bouncing. I, I don't think the place has been bouncing like that a save since Boric against Man United. Uh, when he saved the penalty, it was absolutely phenomenal. Because as soon as he hit the guy, as soon as the guy hit the shot, I went, "Oh well, that's in." And and it's not just that he kept it out; it was the distance he got it away for the goal mm-hmm. that didn't. You know, there was no chance of a rebound getting a follow up or anything like that. But oh, what a shot! It was like brilliant strike, but what a save! Absolutely unbelievable save. Uh, yeah, you would imagine that both Bain and Gordon it wouldn't. I mean, the. Well, would they have had a strong enough hand on it? Because as you say, what a strike. Unbelievable. Uh, man of the match that night, Paul, Celtic-wise. I thought, but firstly, uh, I thought it was the worst I've seen James Forrest for a long, long time. He was completely... They double-teamed him. Uh, that, that's uh, that's always striking to me when Forrest plays in Europe. Even these really top, top peens now, they always double-team him. Uh, but he was completely, you know, you know, played out of the game. I mean, he had... It was a bad night. But put, put right. Right, well, Forster obviously player ma, ma, uh, man of the match apart from him. 
I don't know. It's, it was a, a tough. Maybe I thought Christie was was excellent. Uh, I thought I thought Edward was in and out the game, but I, I think you'd, you'd probably look at Christie and think he was the one certainly early in that second half that was pushing Celtic on. So I thought he had a really good game. The uh... Foster save was special, though. That's, I mean, you, you almost it's kind of it's hard to give it to anybody else after that because it, it's funny uh, Remy saying that that was almost exactly the same thing we said after the game my mates and I it was like the the save that Boric had and then the, the cheer after that I think was louder than the free kick going on and that's a bit what it was like when Forster made that save on uh, against that so it's just uh, the place was in bedlam absolute bedlam uh, it's funny you bring up Christy I, 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 I think I thought he played pretty well uh, given the quality of the opposition what, I mean, it's, I think it's just a year anniversary since that Hearts semi-final. What a difference yep. a year's made. I mean, he was almost gone. I think Brendan Rodgers had... He only got in because somebody was injured and he and he trained on. I think it was a game... I can't remember who would play before that Hearts game. And then he, he played on uh, against Hearts and, and bang, his world's just changed. It's unbelievable. Aye, he's, uh, he's done fantastically well. He's... I mean, he's, he's still... He's still raw. We talked the last time about what happened at Livingston, and and he does sometimes just have wee bits where he switches off. But you know he's still young. He's he's picking up experience, and a performance like that against a team like that is going to help him greatly. I, I mean, he's, he he doesn't look at his place at all playing at that level, and he, he he never has since he stepped into the team a year ago. So that is good to see him. It's good to see him settling in. But he's got some competition now. I know we'll, we'll talk about Saturday and the game since, but. Big Tom's back. No, I'm not having that. The uh, oh. the, the the I watched the Man City Southampton game on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. It was just before our game, and uh, Stuart Armstrong started for the first time in a long time. But he, um, I mean, off oh, Christy. I mean, Christy looks at a serious level above Armstrong. I mean, I know it's at d- different times and all that. But Armstrong basically is a, he's playing as a, a like a number a number six or something. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, obviously the money must be good in the English Premier League, but he must be hating that. When he gets a game, he's just kind of hunkered in defence, you know, guarding a ten-yard box in front of De Bruyne. You know, absolutely no chance to to be creative or get up, you know, get up the park or anything. Uh, you know, I think Christie's got the potential to be a, a better player than than Armstrong. I I don't know, Rem. Did you ever rate Armstrong? I can't remember. No, I didn't. I, I said he had a, a purple patch in uh, Rogers' first season from about November towards a bit over over the piece. I didn't think he was much cop, and I thought Lowell did some job he getting did. the money for him that he did because uh, Armstrong for a midfielder was a very poor passer of the ball, and you play in midfield, you've got to pass the ball well. He, he wasn't good enough, especially at the top level. I think that, um, and you can see that Christie's touch is, is better. Technically, he's a better footballer than Armstrong, and I think energy levels as well. I think it's just unbelievable. I think he's, as I say, I, I don't know. You hear these boys on the radio, whatever. You know, they've all got these GPS vests on, and, you, and they were talking about Christie must do thirteen, fourteen k a game. Which when you think about it, it's absolutely insane. Anyway, br- brilliant performance of him. Great performance. We then moved up to Aberdeen. Uh, you did. Did you go, Paul? I know you went, Remy. Did you go, Paul? No, I, I didn't get a ticket. Obviously, with the, the reduced allocation, it's even tougher getting tickets for up there. But it was 
was a very pleasant watch. Very pleasant afternoon that one. The um the well well you couldn't get a ticket because there was I mean the place was packed out. I mean there wasn't a spare seat in the house. <laughs> well, I think I mean Remy and I are both you know kind of went on at length in Twitter about this one over the last couple of seasons, and it is I, I get the get the logic of yeah you don't want to give up home territory let let these terrible Celtic fans in and give you some extra revenue, but. You all have to look at Livingston. We had three stands at Livingston and we turned in probably our worst performance of the season. So, you know, the, the, the two aren't directly related, but it was, it was pretty pathetic for the Aberdeen fans, to be honest. But then that's what they've become, you know. The uh, You were there, Rem. It, was, it looked ridiculous on telly. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, they, they claimed 15,000 and I, and I don't think there was that many there. I mean, they've obviously done the same as every team does, you know, every okay. season holder yeah. is, is, is included as being there. But I was listening to the radio and, uh, you know, the, the bias, the BBC Scotland media, who saw Aberdeen fans uh-huh. talk. And Richard Gordon, who I, I like, was talking about how Aberdeen have, their season ticket numbers have gone down by 1,100 this year, right? Because the people are fed up with McInnes and the, the football he plays. So I don't know how a club can justify losing 1,100 season tickets and then cutting an away supports allocation by six or seven hundred. That that doesn't make sense when you are not going to fill those seats. And they've also got a stadium to pay for. Why why are they turning away money? It's just crazy. The um yeah, I, d- I don't understand it. Uh, it's you know from a strict again, I'm not we're not I'm not saying anything original here, but in a strictly you're a businessman, Paul. In a strict business sense, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you <laughs> It's like it's about you. You turn up at work in the morning. You're the the you're, it's your company, and there's a big bag of money lying at the front door every morning, and you just you throw it in the bin. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, I, I mean, I, I get the, the there's all kinds of arguments, and I have heard it. And I, and oh. I've, what, I've, I've heard the arguments about you know anti-social behaviour for away fans and all that, and I get all that. But at the end of the day, it's meant to be businessmen that are running football clubs, and that, you know that's the bit that gets me is how does it look. If you're a you know a neutral or if you're English, you know the the public jibes and all that. If you're sitting watching a Scottish yes. game, probably three quarters of the games you're seeing are are getting played in front of you know a third of an empty stadium. Some cases more than maybe half a stadium. I mean we we've talked about Hamilton, we've talked about Motherwell, we've talked about Kilmarnock, Aberdeen. Same experience. Hibs Hibs was the same when we were there a few weeks ago. I was sitting in the away end for the Hibs game and I was I had ten seats spare around about me. The um, I know this is Harry, our pal Harry's. Uh, this is his hobby horse, but in a strictly marketing sense, it, it it looks awful. You know, even if I think you had the boy from the Glasgow Rocks on the basketball boy, and they were talking about, you, you, you know, you you sort out the camera angles and you put the punters. You you know, if you've only got half a stadium of, of people, you put the people where the cameras are pointing. Even from from that sense, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, financially, it doesn't make any sense, and on a marketing uh, on a marketing level, it doesn't make any sense either. You know, what about the game itself, Rem? I, I mean, I've, I've, yeah. Well, the first half first, certainly. First half was an absolute demolition. Uh, I mean, I accept that Aberdeen are, are utter crap, but so are Livingston, and, and we went out and we blew Aberdeen away. We absolutely demolished them, uh, and if any hope. Or anybody that thinks Scott McKenna is good enough for Celtic <laughs> is a, is needing medication. 
How bad were Aberdeen feeling? What did they turn down? I can't remember. From Wigan, was it? Was it five million or something? Five or six million. Oh, man. Yeah, see, this is a, the whole point. I think that's gone to his head. I think that went to his head. And he and he just he looks a million miles off it, doesn't he? A million miles. Um, the whole back four was, was atrocious. Oh, aye. And I think he, he, he'd done a sort of, McInnes had done one of those sort of mad Walter Smith things, like playing three fullbacks in the midfield, you know, and because it worked against Motherwell, then it was obviously going to work against Celtic. And the, I mean, yeah, another guy shouting his mouth off about what he was going to do to Scott Brown. It was absolutely atrocious. I think Vivian Lee would have given him a better game. It was <laughs> so bad. That's one for the teenagers there. Oh, yeah, boom, boom. All right, maybe Janet Lee. But anyway, he was he was atrocious. And and you're sitting, none of their midfield could trap a ball or pass a ball. And none of their forwards or midfield shut iron down. He had an absolute field day just walking through them. And, you know, the first half was, was absolutely brilliant. It was, it was glorious. And I was right on the barrier. I was the last seat in the Celtic side. Oh. And just watching the sheep all trot out at, at three was hilarious at, at four was even funnier and then the ones at half time pretending they were going for a pie never to be seen again and you know there, there, there was probably two or three thousand of them left in the game uh, in the ground by the end of the game we absolutely massacred them Here, here's a here's a question for you Paul are the other teams obviously uh, Rangers are, are definitely I mean I know you can argue about it but they're definitely a bit better this year but do you think the other teams are worse? Yes and no. There's a couple that are better. Uh, I think Motherwell are better. Uh, I've not seen Kilmarnock really, to, but I've heard they, they're hot and cold. But you look at the teams, you know, Hearts and Hibs of oh, shockers. You know, the, back, the backsides fell out of their world. Uh, Aberdeen, I think Aberdeen were going backwards last year. I think Aberdeen peaked that season, they, they finished second above Rangers and uh, after they came back, but they're they're, they're no they're no any 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 for us to worry about. I mean, what's that? Seven straight games we've beat them up there, which is I mean, we, if you go back to the Scovedale and Mark McGee days, we were regularly pumping them five and six, but generally we would it would be a wee bit tighter up there. I think we had one game up there where we absolutely destroyed them, but we've won pretty much every game. Uh, with the exception of the, the last minute winner uh, last year we've, we've been pretty comfortable up there for the last two three years the, McInnes he, he kind of you know my thoughts on McInnes as a manager but he's just so dour and defensive he's 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 putting out as, as Remy said there's you know two two defenders playing in central midfield he's got guys playing out of position all over the park pretty much usual tactic, lump the ball up to the, the, the big laddie up front uh, and it's tried and tested as failure against us it, it fails every time and he tries it every time and no wonder their fans are only turning up because they're a, you know he's a disaster. The uh, It's amazing he's obviously a good lad or he's considered to be a good lad within the football community because he's virtually untouchable you know you look at the boy at Hibs uh, you know he comes in because a quotes and quotes outsider and he He's getting slaughtered left, right and centre and there's all sorts of snidey stuff going around about him being arrogant. Maybe he is, who knows. But you, you, meanwhile, McInnes just gets away with murder. He just... What Remy was saying a minute ago there, Lawrence, if you take, and just using 
BBC Scotland as an example of that. The week I listened in the car coming back uh, the week before, uh, I think it was after we played Ross County, and they were praising him as some kind of tactical genius because of the way Lee and is it uh, Viper, Viper, the other guy, uh, v- the, v- Zach Viner. Viner, sorry. The two it guys. It sounds as if he, he could be in like, a foreigner tribute band or something like that. There you go. <laughs> but. Uh, but Willie Miller and Richard Gordon were praising him, praising him with the heavens as if he'd pulled out some tactical kind of genius stroke and it would really give Celtic something to think of and all this. That's exactly what happens. They've been dross all season. They have one half-decent game. They get talked back up. The, the, the difference you know, between McInnes and you say the, the average manager, the, the, the Levines, the, the Heckingbottoms of this world, it's night and day in terms of how they get treated. Uh, his... Um... Well, his certainly his uh, business during the summer looks looks really atrocious. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously Motherwell are a bit better, but I, I generally think that it's, that it's, teams are getting worse. I mean, they are getting worse. And I agree with St Johnson are certainly worse as well. I mean, they you used to get a tough game against them. They've I mean, they've anybody half decent they've got away. Um, Wright's really struggling. St Mern are pretty well organised, but you know, you know, we'd, we'd celebrate winning a corner. Um, Kilmarnock, I think, are pretty well coached. I think they'll do all right at the end. Uh, Livingston are what they are, but Hearts and Hibs have, have completely collapsed, which is why they're both managerless now. And uh, be interesting to see. Well, obviously, Jack Ross will probably get Hibs, which you'll then get a season ticket, Lawrence. Oh well, I'll just borrow yours. That'd be all right. I'll just get a hold of yours. Be interesting. Uh, Leanne Dempster's got mine so it'll be, um, be interesting to see who Hearts get because Budge is talking it up again awesome. um, but they, they need to get somebody really good uh, and sharpish or they are in real trouble I I don't um, well I never saw I saw just some of the words from her press conference today so she's basically ruled out you know the, you know, the Gary Holtz of this world Um who I don't think would be a bad shout for them. I mean, it wouldn't be... Well, you never know because you have a better quality of player. But uh, he's got that Livingston team. I mean, you consider he has got a bunch of hammer throwers. What a job he's doing there. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see. Who's, uh, what about your club, Hibs, then, Remy? Who, I mean, are you, are you worried? Do you think they're coming back? you think Jack Ross is a man? Less. I, thought, I, thought they were, uh, I thought they were terrible on Saturday night. Um, defensively, they were awful. The the players that he's bought Shocking. are all totally inferior to the players that were in the, the positions before that. He's one of these guys that's come up and went. I know guys from the English Conference and Division Four that can do a job up here, and they they can't. Uh, so he's bought really badly. Um, I think Barca boy made a good point on Twitter today that. When when Petrie when Lennon was there and the relationships were good, they were able to get players and loan off Celtic that they can't get now, um, who who made them a better team. And right now, I mean, Hibs look relegation material as well. I thought I thought they were absolutely abysmal on Saturday, and I think I, I don't think Hearts will go for Ross. There's alleged there's allegedly some previous oh, between them. No, I, well, I. I... I was told firmly put in my place by somebody, <clears throat> not you and Murray. I hasten to add um, that that's garbage. So let's put that out there. So if you've heard, well, he left. About... He left his. He left his job anyway, right? Yeah. So 
he left Hearts, so whether they'll take him back, I don't know. But I think he he will probably get the Hibs job. Um, the uh, before we uh, get on at the weekend, we'll uh, just the um, the Wednesday night game. You, you did mention. It. I thought St. Murray were again very well organised. Uh, really, uh, I think he's again just defensively. I mean, it doesn't does it take that much, Paul? I mean, it's eleven against eleven. Okay, every in every single position, you've got you're up against a player who's better. But you know, you can organise a game, organise a team, and try and make it through ninety minutes defence against attack. You know, yeah. and, and give it a fair shout. I, I, uh, you know, so and, I think in theory you can. And I, well, I, I, what I was going to say is, what's the, what's the manager's uh, Jim Goodwin? I, I thought he did a. I thought he's done a really good job looking at them. There's no way they can go down. They just need to score some goals, obviously. The, the, the thing, I think, obviously we've talked before about maybe the difference between the Lennon team and the, the Rodgers team, where Rodgers would have just pulled them to side to side to side to side to side all night until they eventually tired and we slipped a ball in behind them. But Lennon's a wee bit more direct than that, and, and I mean that in a complimentary way. So it, we're all... At the moment, we're all energy, and it, that's where it makes it tough for a team like that. And I think I agree. I think St. Mirren did do that reasonably well for probably certainly the first half and a good chunk of the second half. They, 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 they matched us. They worked hard. They were really playing really deep. I mean, they had basically ten behind the ball all the time, and there was two basically two banks of five sitting right in front of the eighty yard box, and there was just no room to get through. So yeah, in terms of organisation, they were organised and, and the thing about it is they were quite quick on the break as well, they had a couple of chances yeah. in the first half they, they didn't actually do anything with the, with the ball when they had it, but they broke up the park pretty quick, they were reasonably impressive I don't know the centre forward's name but he looked, a, you know, considering he's probably come out the English third or fourth tier I thought he looked pretty decent um, he, he gave mm-hmm. um, he gave Ayer kittens on a couple of occasions but um, here are a couple of things from that game, Remy, one uh, Taylor made his debut so your sources, I don't know who they were, but they were talking absolute mince. Uh, he came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought he did really well, actually, really well. He played all right. Um, he was he was blown at his ass after about an hour. But oh, was he? I think I, I think they made the right move, keeping him on and getting the minutes in his leg. I mean, he's not played since well, obviously it'd be August at the at best when he was with Kilmarnock. I, I thought he was he was okay. He was he was relatively competent. I think he'll be okay as a backup left back in the the SPL. Where obviously he's competing against Johnny Hayes to to uh, <laughs> to be uh, ball and goalie's deputy because that's yeah. all he's going to be. I uh, I don't know actually. I see uh, quite a bit of potential in him. I I thought when the word on him was he was he was no good in the opposition half. I thought he did he did a very reasonable impersonation of Kieran Tierney. Uh, in that game, I know he wasn't under a lot of pressure defensively, but you kind of assume that he's got that handled. But uh, I don't, I, I not see any megaphone at any point. Uh, that's true. Actually, did you see that after the game yesterday? The players are like, "Who's who's leading the chant now?" When they got up to the fans, there's no Tierney. They're all like, "Oh, you do it, you do it." Anyway, but Wednesday night, Taylor, what did you think, Paul? You like him? Like the look of him? Yeah, I thought he was okay. I mean, I, 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 I be honest, I thought he was pretty nondescript. <laughs> I. I he did his job. He got up and down. He was playing against, you know, a really, really tight defence, as we said. Uh, he didn't waste many balls, but he didn't really penetrate in behind them either. Uh, defensively, he was sound, but he wasn't up against much. It was hard. It's hard to say that he was, you know, anything other than competent because it was just that type of game. He he, he didn't get enough of the ball to 
particularly impressed, but he was pretty useful when he had it. So he was okay. It was a, it was a decent debut. The um, you haven't seen any of Tierney at Arsenal, have you? But uh, just the bits and pieces. Uh, ah. No, I, I saw the. Uh, we were actually sitting uh, during the summer game watching the the penalties for the the other game. He didn't take a penalty the, the the Livingston game, which was absolutely hilarious the way that game finished as well. But uh, I, apparently the fans love him. They all want to be made be made captain. I think. Yes, that got that sort of passion, and obviously, what's going on with him just now, you could see why they would look at somebody like Tierney and think they could rally around him, you know. Yeah, uh, what did you think of that? Uh, the Arsenal, what if a Celtic captain had done that? What do you think? We've seen a few walking off, uh, not in the best of frame of mind. Like who? Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Collins was a lot worse than that. Oh, it was. I mean, he wasn't, was he the captain that night? No, the captain. I mean, uh, you know, did Charlie Mulgrew walk off the park one day? He did. I'm, I'm sure I've seen him. Mulgrew stepped off the park one day. Just walked on the tunnel. Yeah, he did. I, uh, he, he went off behind the goal and then just walked off, didn't he? Subbed himself. Uh, <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, that's right. Oh, brutal. The uh, anyway. So after that Lazio game. You know, two good wins, and uh, I mean that Aberdeen thing. You look at that fixture. You know, ahead of the ahead of the game, you think, oh, oh, this could be uh, this could be tricky. The uh, but two good wins here. The thing is, Rem, are you finding yourself looking at the Rangers games now for the results, for the scores? Nope. Don't nope. lie, tell the truth. No, I, I looked at. I, I felt, I felt when we went up to Aberdeen, we would probably be. Oh, sorry, I think I think the new media phrase is joint top when you're actually oh, second. Oh, exactly. I, I thought. Remember Aberdeen were always joint top. I, I thought uh, before Aberdeen we would be uh, second on goal difference because I didn't think I didn't see us winning four 0 I did I did predict three one. I thought we'd win with two, but I thought Huns might take four or five off Motherwell. Uh, so obviously I was delighted that after that game we were still top of the league, and that get that gave us a wee buffer for you know not scoring a lot against St Mirren. Um you know, they might go top again, but we now have so many home games between now and the end of December that I, I really I really don't see it. The, uh, we, should be, we should be well away, both in points and goals, by the end of December. Who have we got uh, this weekend? Uh, Motherwell. Uh, away? No, home. All oh, right, OK. Here, uh, right, we'll get on to the main event. Uh, Saturday's game, uh, Hibs uh, Cup semi-final. Celtic team was Forster... Uh, Frimpong, Ayer, Julian, um, Bolingoli, Brown, McGregor, Rogic up front, Forrest, uh, Edward, and Elian Yussi. Uh, the big, obviously, the big news. Uh, the kind of news was that Rogic, after playing against St. Murn on the Wednesday night, he kept his place. Was that a was that an injury thing? Because I read somewhere uh, that. Well, I heard two versions. Christie was just left out, which I can't believe, to be honest, given his form, or that Christie was, uh, wasn't was fit enough to play 90 minutes. Uh, what, what did you hear, Paul? Well, I think as we, as the sort of text that we're having before the game, the, the team I'd got told was Brown wasn't going to make it, so Christie was going to play beside McGregor, but that obviously never transpired. So 
I'm presuming if that was originally the case, he must have been fit. I think Rogic was in and on merit. Oh. I thought he played well in his previous two games. And I, I know what you're saying about you know Christie probably being the getting the edge overall, but it, it, we've got a squad we can use now. You know we don't have to use that. That was the Rogers problem. We were playing guys into the ground, and you know ultimately it was costing them. Tierney's the classic example of that. McGregor a little bit as well. So it's it's a nice position to be in where. You can afford to leave somebody like Christie out and still have a thump and win. The um, the other one was uh, Frimpong, Rem. I, I guess my guess was that you know you'd be looking at that game, thinking, well, Hibs aren't going to be you know murdering us up front. I we we need to, to you know supplement our attack because they'll be playing so defensively. Uh, so I don't need El Hamed. I mean, he's again good player that he is. He's more of a defensive player. Than Frimpong uh, is agreed. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah. Well, I think uh, domestically Frimpong will be our number one right back more often than not now between the end, now and the end of the season. Uh, the boy has definitely got something, uh, and the support absolutely love him already. Uh, and you can see him; he just plays with a huge smile on his face. He absolutely loves it. Uh, he's a, he's a wee character, and he's got. He has got some turn of pace oh, from a standing start. He's quick. He is lightning quick. Um, and, you know, the one he, he thought he dribbled the ball out of the park the other day and he caught it. He's, like, well, he's, he's a bit like, he's like a midget DDA I got. You know, he just, he's, he's lightning quick. Uh, I mean, obviously he's not really been overly tested uh, defensively, but, you know, he's he's played at Pataudry and he's, he's played a semi-final at Hamden, so... He looks as if he can do a job, uh, and I think obviously he's cut. He's not in the European squad, so you give El Hamid another week to try and get fit and uh, play Frimpong, uh, and I think Frimpong will play in more domestic games than either El Hamid or Bauer now, provided he's fit. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I didn't think much of Bauer against St. Martin. I thought he looked pretty average. The um... Yeah, but a big game, you know, the cup final. You, I mean, you gotta, you gotta play Alhamid. I just think he's, Why? A, yeah. Why? Well, physically, Frimpong against Ryan, big Ryan Kent. Nah. Would you, would you not play Frimpong as Ryan Kent? No, I would. I wouldn't. No chance. Absolutely yeah. no Why chance. Not? Why because not? I, I think that Alhamid is quick enough. I mean, he's not as quick as Frimpong, but very few people are. But he's certainly quick, and defensively, he, he's a. I think he's. Well, we don't know on Frimpong yet, but but you know, El Hamid has proved that defensively he's uh, I think he's very very good. And one v ones, he's very very good. I, I don't see I don't um, see what you see in El Hamid. I thought against Lazio, he was abysmal in the second half. He's always struggling for fitness. Well, I know he's all uh, well. That's a different issue. But in, you know, hundred percent fit, he's a good player. Defensively, he's poor. Oh, this is what I mean, Paul. You know how can you argue with? It? I mean, it's just total counterfactual nonsense. It's like it's like one of these boys in Fox News telling you that red is blue. And uh, who would you play in a cup final? Frimpong or El Hamid? <laughs> I know what you're well, going to f- say. First thing, the cup final. Oh, cup, cup final is a month away. Yeah. I, that's the first thing I'd say. So, so um, you know, knowing what luck can happen to us, anything could happen to any of the three right backs. We could end up with we all of them or none of them a month away for now. And we've still got to negotiate that whoever it is we play the, the last week before that, we've still got the, 
the spectre of red cards hanging over us, sort of warming up for, for the following week. But I'll be honest, I, I see... To me, I don't think El Hamid can play two two games in a week. We've talked well, about that already. Yeah. So the preference is going to be, I think, that he's... Because Frimpong's not in the European squad, obviously, that El Hamid's going to be you know, protected to an extent. If he has got a fitness issue over him, they'll want him for the midweek games. Uh, so that does, I guess, raise his chances of playing more games between now and then. And I think it, we'll see how they're playing in a month. I think if you pick the team today, you'd pick Frimpong. I'll be honest. Oh. But as I say... No, I, I think he's he's got something about him. He's just got a, he's got a, he's brought an energy to the team. Yeah. Uh, I like him. I think he's a good player, but I think he's a centre half. I still think he's a centre half. I don't think he's a right back. I don't think he's done anything to to, to say. I, I agree with you, Paul. If, if El Hamid's going to make it with us, it's at centre half. Uh, no, I, again, I disagree. I think not, he's done nothing at right back to suggest. Even a, even in an attacking sense, I think he's done pretty well. Um, I, well, I mean, I well, love... he's not even like, in an attacking sense. Bauer has made goals so has Frimpong Frimpong scored one El Hamid nope um, well by his very nature I didn't I didn't say he was a fantastic uh, player going forward I said he's done he's made a contribution going forward I am thinking of certainly in the clues game I thought he did very well in an attacking sense The uh, and defensively I, again I just I mean I like Frimpong I love Frimpong but I just think you know physically I, I just worry about I saw a little bit of that I think Hibs were trying to target him on the back post, you know, I think a team with a bit more possession, say like Rangers, will certainly target Frimpong in the back post. And I but think, who, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Though. Who have Rangers got in their forward line who's good in there? Um, well, well, who's anybody got? You know, I can't think. I mean, I think uh, Morelos has scored a few goals with his head recently, hasn't he? Yeah, but Morelos won't be out in the left wing. If, yeah, no, no. Well, I'm well, talking about I, I'm, on Saturday. You can see you know, on a couple of occasions, and Hibs should have done it more. I mean, if I'm playing Celtic and Frimpong's at right back, I'm knocking balls to the back post, and I'm expecting my left winger to to beat the five foot five kid on the back post. What, so, so five feet six, Ryan Kent's going to beat him. Well, I didn't say Ryan Kent, did I? It could, it could so be Ryan anybody. Kent's the Rangers' left winger. Well, it could but, be you know it, you know somebody could peel off. It could be Morelos. I'd take Morelos against Frimpong in the air. Any day of the week. Uh, uh, well, Frimpong is actually pretty good in there. He's got a good spring. I, I'm, I'm not worried about him. He's five foot five. See, the, the thing, if, if I was them, right, which, thank God I'm not, uh, but if I was them, I'd be more worried about my own right back than I would be about oh, uh, no, the Absolutely, but I'm, again, I'm, that's all, again, this is probably an argument for another day, but I'm just saying, you know, if I'm, we'll see what, well, he's not playing on on, on Thursday night. I mean, if Lennon was completely confident that Frimpong was his first choice right back, Frimpong would would be playing every game. Would he? Could he not slip him into the European team or, or the European squad? Is that picked at the start of the the group at stages? The start of the campaign, you can't you can't change it till not at all. Uh, till no. the last thirty-two. Um, the only the only change I think you can make is an emergency one for a goalkeeper or something. Um, Anyway, I don't have the rules in front of me. But, uh, I, no, I just still think that... I, I'm not saying that Frimpong won't be by the end of the season. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I think El Hamid would, would do it for me. Anyway, on the game on Saturday, uh, I can't even remember the start of the first 20 minutes, Paul. How did it go? When did we score? I'm trying to think when the first goal was. Something's quite early, wasn't it? I'm, I'm was trying it to seven, think who's sober was at that point. So. Was it seven, I mean, 17 minutes or something? I, I can't remember. I think it was that. 17 minutes. Uh, 17 minutes, I was right. El, El Hanusi. Uh, I, 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 
we started really well. I mean, we 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 had the the lion's share of possession pretty much for for the off, and you know you could see it coming uh, when when it came. It was it was, it was a great ball in and, and a pretty tidy finish uh, from from Elianusi. But yeah, we we were pretty com you know, pretty comfortable for for the kickoff. I thought the um, good work by Forrest. Talk about making that. Talking about a bit of pace, Remy. I mean, he actually he stood that ball up to the back post. I mean, he did well to get. Because he was, you know, it was tight. You know, the boy was right well, on top of him. The left, the left back should be short, right? If, well, that's, that's if that true. was our left back, yeah. you'd be going mental. But that, that that boy that they had playing in defence, James, was absolutely atrocious. And everybody had a shot at taking the piss out of him. He was so <laughs> bad. I mean, I think he came from Yeovil Town or something like that. Yeah. He, he was, he was a really, really bad. I mean, Forrest should never have been able to deliver a ball like that. And... Not only should he not have been able to deliver a ball, but you're saying you would overlook, you would put a man in front point. We two men could have headed that, and we nobody near them on the six yard line. The hip, the hips defence just well I'm, totally disintegrated. Well, I'm presuming that they thought, well, there's no way he's going to let it cross in. <laughs> well, it, it probably was, but I mean, you're, you're told you, you know, you don't, you know, that's why guys like Larson would score goals because the defender would think keeper's going to hold that, but he's he spilled it, and Larson would put it in. You're, you're told you've got to just keep marking your man and concentrate and expect the guy to do it. I mean, I, I just thought Hibs at the back were, were so bad. I mean, the thing was, although it was 17 minutes, we should have had a penalty a couple of minutes oh, before it. How bad was that, that decision? Was a, that was a blatant handball. Uh, and I was kind of down towards that end of the north stand, so I had a perfect view of it. Blatant handball. And oh, the yeah. guy in front of us put it on the BT uh, on his phone. And we all had a look at the replay right away. And, oh, my God, how we didn't get that oh. is incredible. Um, and, and it wasn't as if Madden didn't have a view of it. He was staring down no. right down the line. It was absolutely... Yep. How could he possibly not give that as a, as a penalty? I mean, Heckenbottom was moaning about the second goal with Edward being offside. And he was, right? But, he, and, you know, he noticed he didn't mention the penalty. Uh, I mean, the the well. penalty... I mean, the, an offside... Okay, they they should they shouldn't really be missed, but you know, and the the linesman he never normally gives a, does a favour for us, but he got it wrong. But the the penalty was absolutely blatant that we didn't get. Yeah, uh, just on the Hibs thing, I I, I know what really struck me. I, you're talking about defensively, but the problem I don't think for Hibs, uh, Paul, the problem was the defence. I think it was mid- midfield. They had three guys in midfield: Scott Allen. Stevie Marlin and Horgan. I can't remember what's his first name, whatever. Daniel or Davy or whatever. Daryl, I think it is. Daryl. Those three guys who are their quotes and quotes creative players, none of those guys look fit. They all look overweight to me. You can see the way they wear their, their, their jerseys. It's, I mean, you look at a guy like, say, Bolingoli, uh, or even Forrest, who's stocky in the way that those three boys are. But, the, the, I mean, the, the way that Forrest looks fit. I mean, Alan Scott Allen is overweight. He's a he's a classic case of a, a young footballer in Scotland who somebody told him at the age of fifteen or sixteen said, "You're brilliant, pal," and he said, "Oh, I am." So I don't need to get any better, and that's that's where he is. It's, he, he looks fat. So does Horgan, and so does Allen. I, I so does uh, so does Malin. Unbelievable. I, and I think that's that's that was that's their undoing. They have no energy or. Even in terms of mentality, I think Scott Allen's job was to mark Scott Brown out the game. Pfft. I mean, really, Scott Brown scored twice. Ah, he, he, he did. Uh, 
Having said that, and, and I agree with everything you just said there, the one thing I would say about Alan is he had a half-decent game against Brown at Easter Road in, in the game four or five weeks ago. And to be fair, a couple of his tackles on Brown that day were, were horrendous. But uh, the one thing I would say about him, and, and somebody said it on Twitter today, unfortunately I can't remember who it was, but it was a cracking point about Heckingbottom generally. He's come up to Scotland and, and I guess treated it with a bit of contempt. He's yeah. came out of the Championship at League One and thought, oh, I'm going to go up there and squish it. He's pulled out a pile of, kind of no-hopers for, for the lower leagues, uh, brought them up here thinking they would be superstars, and, and he's got found out. He's turned Hibs for a reasonably good football team under under Lennon and under previous management into just a, a bunch of long-ball hoofers, which is, is some doing. You know, they, they were yeah. a half-decent team under Stubbs and Lennon. Tell me this, Paul. How can Dodge get a game before Camberry? In what, what, in what universe does that make any sense? Well, you saw the difference as soon as Camberry came on. He scored with his first or second touch or something. I, I don't think Camberry's a brilliant player either. Don't get me wrong, but he's that, that boy Doidge is absolutely hopeless. Um, uh, so that was once um, McGregor. How did you think McGregor played uh, Rem? Did you like it? I thought he had a really good game on Saturday. Um, I thought him and Brown totally ran the midfield. Um, and McGregor he played some really quick, nice passes. Uh, he played the way. I want him to play. I, I was really impressed by him on Saturday. Um, yeah, he seems to have. I think we talked about this in the last podcast. He seems to have um, found his role, and that that kind of Lennon's kind of finally found a slot for him. You know, he knew he, he needed to play him as one of his best eleven players, but he seems to be playing where he wants to play and and where he should be playing. It's uh, so you're. Um, what about Rogic, Paul? For you. I, th- I thought he played well. I thought I thought his pass for the third goal was fantastic. Just the, the wee slip ball out to the left, and uh, we we took it in for there. So I uh, I I thought he played well. I thought the first half him and Edward combined really well. I thought Elianusi and him were, were were hitting off quite well. Uh, again, you know, Christie would have done probably pretty well in that role as well. And that it was that type of game where it was there was as you said about the the three hibs central midfielders, Lawrence. It was leaving a lot of space. The way they were playing, maybe it was the fitness thing, but Celtic were just playing round them, and that left Rogic and Acres the space. Brown and McGregor were driving it, as, as Remy says, for the back. So I, I thought he played well. See if the cup final. Sorry, go on, Paul. Sorry, is it... I think his, his fitness level seemed to be good. That's I think it's something like three games since he came back where he's actually managed the, the majority of the game, if not all the games. So it's you know we used to have the joke about you know sublime football for sixty-seven minutes, but. He does seem to be getting a wee bit longer now, which is <laughs> kind of hopeful. I did see him tracking back once, so that was a. Uh... It's funny, Paul. You know, you're you and Remy are prepared to slaughter El Hamid, you know, for his fitness and always <laughs> been. And then, oh, uh, your pal ta- Roger gets away with murder. You know, you were to, he was giving him a gold medal for playing three games in a row. Listen, there's, that's that's the standing joke with Tom Rogic. That's what he's amazed at. But look, there's there's games that suit Tom Rogic and there's games that don't. Right? He, we all know that he's the type of player that, that he'll step into a game and be a superstar, and then he'll step in the fall and make and he looks a complete dud. That's just how he is, and I don't think we're going to change him now, unfortunately. But I think it's 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 promising to have him back. Is another option. You've got Sham, who who's there as well. You've got him, and you've got Christie, Brown, McGregor. That's probably, arguably, the five best central midfielders in Scotland, all in our squad. 
Uh, hang on a minute. What about the Aribo? Isn't he the world beater from Charlton? Is, I mean, he's going, well, to, he's going to PSG, isn't he? I, th- I think you'll find that Ryan Jack is going to Real Madrid <laughs> and going to wipe out all the debt. Aye. Aye. <laughs> I may be on his holidays. <laughs> well, I hope the Real Madrid didn't see the pictures of him in Ibiza in the summer, stoting about the uh, swimming pool. Here, um, see if the game was on Wednesday, cup final was on Wednesday. Who, who gets that? Who gets that role just behind Edward? Who are you playing, Paul? Are you playing Roderick or are you playing Christie? Against them? Aye. I pro- on current form, Christie. I'm I'm not gonna argue with you on that. I am just I'm glad I'm glad to see Roger's back, but Christie's the man in possession. I don't I'm not gonna I wouldn't argue with that, but I, I think it's good to have Roger's back and I think he will challenge Christie as the season goes on. I think what Christie brings to that role, it, I mean, apart from all the other stuff, the goals, the assists, the it, it, just in terms of a energy, and that allows him to really like be the, the, the kind of at the front of the press. You know, he goes beyond Edward to press. If you notice that when we yeah. play, you know, he goes a, he goes ahead of Edward to press the goalkeeper. So he's the kind of you know the, I don't know the point of the press, I, mm-hmm. and I think that you know that's that's what, you know. Apart from the other things, I think he's scoring more goals now than Rogic um, on a, a level playing field. Who would you play, RM? Would it be Rogic or would it be uh, Christie? Assuming everybody's fit, yeah. Christie starts yeah. 100 times out of 100 for me. The, um, yeah. The, um, so I can't even remember the third goal, Paul. Can you remember it? Ah, it was a ball out. Rogic's ball out. And oh. then I think Edward played it in low and uh, Elianusi put it in for about. A foot out. That's right. I see. There was a couple of. I wonder if, uh, if Edward's pissed off, Remy. I mean, there was that. He set up two goals, like two tappings, didn't he? It was a tapping for McGregor and yeah. a tapping for Elianusi. Tapping for McGregor and a tapping for Elianusi, and he tried really hard to get one himself, but just couldn't manage it. He'd won off a line near the end. Um, but I think, I think right now he's oh. he's imperious. So he's he's once he gets turned and running at defences in Scotland, they really struggle. I mean, he made a goal against Lazio, the same thing for Christie. Uh, laid it off perfectly. He's, he is going to be some player. Um, I just love watching him just now. Um, he's he's more than goals. He, he does more than go, score goals for us. He's he's brilliant. But unfortunately, we, we've got two months where we really need to keep I know. him fit. It's, it is worrying, isn't it? It is quite worrying. It's we, very worrying because yeah. of the amount of games we have in December. Uh, you know, and, and we've still got yet in December, but I think we've got nine games in December, and he'll need to start every one of them. Who? Uh, Why well, he, he won't? He can't start every one of them. Who would you play? Who well, would you play who there? Would you start, then? Who do you start? Well, I'm asking you. Uh, I think the only person Cadell you know, say play striker or Forrest. I, I really wouldn't want to do that. I, I would maybe, I would maybe push Christie on, and then you could um, bring Roger in as a ten. I I'd agree in in Sham as well, so uh, they could play as a ten. So no, I think if if push came to shove, it's a bit like a couple of years ago when we had the issues with Dembele and Griffiths, and we had to put Sinclair up front. Hopefully, not like the Mikey Johnson incident, but but you know but, it'd be good to have somebody like Christie because Christie can lead the line. I mean, he's done it. He did it for Aberdeen. He's done it on occasion for us when he's came on as a sub in the past. So he can do it. Uh, it would be you know we wouldn't get him at his best, but. That's how good a player he is. He can play in the left, he can play up front, or he can play as a ten. So that's you know, if we need to take advantage of that, we should. Um, yeah, I, be, but it is. It's a 
Have you heard any names, Remy? You were you were out and about the weekend. You hear any names kicking no, around? No, I, I haven't heard any names, and you know, it's, it's widely reported we're we're going to get a striker, and I hope we have somebody lined up, not for the thirty first of January, but somebody who is lined up as soon as the window is open, who goes to Dubai with the team, and who beds in right away, because we need a second striker uh, urgently. Urgently, yeah. You haven't heard any? What's the latest on Griffiths? More of the usual. Oh, he's back training, isn't he? Back training, um, but he, he's going to be miles away from it. Even when he was supposedly fit at the start of the season, he was at least a yard off it. So I mean, he, get, you, we can't rely on Griffiths. He's not played enough football in the last two years. He's he's, he's miles off it. Um, I mean, okay, we can bring him on as a sub with, with, for half an hour and stuff like that. But that that's the best I could see us getting out of him till the, the transfer window. Well, as I say, if um, if Edward gets injured. Or is it, I think you said it right. If Edward gets injured, we are in bother. Uh, it's not to say that we're a one-man team, but he is such a kind of pivotal player um, in the way that we play and all the kind of attributes he brings to the team. Uh, we would miss him severely. Uh, so hopefully wrap him in cotton wool. What's up with his wrist? Does anybody know? I think that's an affectation. <laughs> really? No, well, I think either that or he's missing Mo Kamara. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's. Uh, he, I, I don't think. I don't think he needs it anymore. But he's just he's kept it on because it brought him luck or something like that. Here, as your uh, as a Bayern Celtic podcast uh, East Coast correspondent, Paul, uh, I'll leave you to comment on Scott Brown scoring twice in the second half. How about that? Oh, he's hilarious. <laughs> uh, the first. The first one was 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 just opportunistic. Actually, one for the kids here. It reminded me. Uh, 88, I think it was the semi-final when Henry Smith dropped the ball into Mark McGee's foot, about a foot out and he put it in, or was it Billy Stark going the other, it kind of reminded me of that, uh, but the second one I thought the second one was a, that was a thing of beauty, if he'd put it in first time Aye. Uh, we'd have been probably up there with one of one of our best goals of the season just the, the pass out for Elianusi to Brown, Brown's driving run the one-two with Elianusi lovely wee touch back and then a good save for the keeper to be fair but then he slams it in his left foot so uh, unexpected pleasure I think we put it but but it was a really really good goal it was a really well, well worked goal with lovely passing to be fair they were all at the park at that point Hibs I don't know what they thought they were trying to get back at the game at that point but uh, it was a nice way to cap it off one for the fans certainly the celebrations were bammy at that point down in the corner the um are we worried about either of the goals, or do we, we that we gave up two goals, or we're not bothered? I mean, it's a cup semi final. I I thought we kind of really, we really backed off, backed off the second half. I mean, it was almost like yeah, whatever. If they score, we'll just go and score again. I thought I thought the the first goal was a bad goal. It didn't really matter in the context of the game, but it was just stupid. I don't know what Bolly was doing, and you know, it wasn't a pass back. I don't know if he was trying to hit oh, off no. the guy. No, I, I think he just, I don't think he, I think it was a tackle and it just hit off the wrong part of his I foot. I mean, I'm not sure. I that... don't know. It didn't look like a tackle. It looked like he just stuck his toe in it and it just, I wasn't quite sure what he was doing. It didn't matter though, in the context of the game and you know, it was, it was just an aberration, but the second goal just came out of nothing. That was just stupid. It just seemed to, you know, we're, we're just went 4-1 up and then they basically went up to the park and scored, but, it was that type of game. It was really open. You know, we we probably could have scored eight or nine, and I think we had three shots at goal and scored two of them. So, you know, can't argue too much. Um, man of the match, uh, Remy. 
Yeah, I'm going to say El Yunusi. I think he is. Uh, he's turning into a real player now that he's getting up his speed. Um, he's really good carrying the ball. He, he passes well and he knows where the goal is. Uh, and he might end up our top scorer this season. You think? Oh, was he on? I can't even remember. Was it? Um, I don't know. Seven uh, and ten. I think he's got seven goals and uh, ten. I, I think he's, he, he really looks... I mean, he, he should have had a hat-trick. Uh, he was really unlucky with one he battered off the post. He looks a, he looks a really good finisher and he, he's, he's got the knack of being in the right place to put the ball in the net. Um, so I, I think uh, I think he looks a really good loan signing. You know, and, and the way he's playing just now, I'd love to keep him. But I don't know how realistic that is. Oh, well, we're never, you know, Southampton aren't selling him for less, especially given the way he's been playing. Southampton yeah. going to get relegated, so they'll be fire selling. He's he's got a relegation clause, apparently. Oh, does he? Wow. Well, he... Ah, he's not. He's, he comes. His value comes. I think his wages come down, but his value comes down as well. I would imagine he'd go somewhere like France or you know somewhere like that. I mean, he could do pretty well over, over there. Um, but he looks as if he's timmed out his nut now. So why <laughs> does he? he I don't know. Well, 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 it's going to be a ten million. We're not paying ten million for a. Well, I'm just looking at here. He's he'll be twenty six next summer. We're not paying that amount of money for a twenty six year old player, no matter how good he is. The um. Well, but, shoot. That's a lot of money, <laughs> you know. We can afford it. It's, it's not like it's not like we can't afford it. If if it's ten million for a proven player, then why not pay it? Because it uh, would be against our our business model. Uh, we there's no. You can still no, sell him at twenty eight. You could sell him at twenty eight still. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, there's a, a pros and cons, isn't there? Um, because. You know, if you're buying a 22-year-old or whatever from Scotland, then you're, you know, you're you're prepared to pay a lot of money. But if I'm, you know, English Premier League club, am I going to pay top dollar for a 28-year-old player from Scotland? Not so sure. Fraser Foster's 31. Would you buy him? I would, but he won't cost 10 million. What will he cost? Though? Well, it won't be 10. I, de- I mean, we've got a. <clears throat> You know, in, t- in question in terms of priorities, Forster's. I mean, he's higher up the list than Elian Yusi. Again, I love Elian Yusi. I think he's doing really well. I think he's going to do even better. I still don't think he's. Uh, I think he. I can't believe he's not. He's not a, bit, a little bit quicker. Um, I mean, he's quick enough, but I think he could be. I mean, he has to be quicker than he than he's shown so far. Uh, but you're dead right. Scores a lot of goals. Uh, Looks. I didn't realise he was so timmed up to the nut. <laughs> can you oh, uh, can you define is. that? Is he? Uh, Tim, he's not. He's, he loves it. You can tell he loves it. He, uh, you can see how how glad he is just to be playing again and to play in front of a, a team that wins and wants to win and scores lots of goals. The way we play really suits the players we have. It's. Uh, do you know what I love, Paul? Actually, now you, you uh, we mentioned Brown. The way the other players reacted to Brown scoring. It was. Oh, I was watching that Celtic TV. Uh, you know the the ground level action. You know that thing they put out the goals on a Monday morning from the ground level, and you, just to see all the players running up to Brown, uh, it really spoke to a real camaraderie, a real team spirit. It was very very cool to see. Uh, and El Yunusi's right in there. Who somebody went in and was just rubbing Brown's baldy head. It was it was very funny. Um, I think it was Julian and McGregor. I think it was I. I never just. Uh, oh, yeah, it was good. Aye. Go on. 
no, I, I, I was actually going to say something quite similar. I watched that as well, and it was two things. And I wouldn't, you see how good Forrest Ball was for that angle, because uh, you actually, it looked a good ball for the, the the conventional TV angle, but you actually see the curl he got in it. He, yeah. he actually brought it right in. They sort of swung in right on Elianisi's head for for the first goal. But yeah, the the celebrations. I think that's a good thing about you know the the camaraderie, the the, the morale and the team, whatever you want to call it. The, it looks completely genuine, uh, and and it probably did under Rogers as well. I mean, they were a, a close knit squad under Rogers, and wouldn't knock him for that either. But it just everything just seems to have gone up a notch this season. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things happening in the park at the moment. Um, and with uh, again my bug, my, not my bugbear, and we're a big big team physically. It's not it's kind of rare. Obviously, Martin O'Neill did it. You know, you combine kind of speed and uh, technical ability with size. It's just uh, Lennon and Nicky Hammond again. I think we mentioned this before, Remy, but they've what a job they've done. Elianusi, what a loan signing! That I mean, that is the very definition of a brilliant loan signing, isn't it? Well, he, he certainly looks at. He certainly looks at. He looks at. I mean, the, the good thing is, if Mikey Johnson's fit, we can oh. we can rest him, right? We can rest him and give Johnson a game, and Johnson should learn by training and playing with him as well. Um, I, I, I think we're starting to look as if we've got cover in every position now, bar one. Bar one, the most important yeah. one. That, uh, is a is a very important one, uh, and we need to get. We need to get a striker in January who can play uh, and can start games. Not not like uh, can come on for twenty minutes. Can start games and give Edward a rest. Uh, you know, the... apparently there's a, a world class striker uh, available in January. Uh, <laughs> no, so we... trying to trying to plug some some accounting <laughs> gaps, I believe. So uh, so no, I don't think so. Um... Well, we're we're not we're not paying twenty five million for a Scottish player, a player in Scotland. No, we'll, we'll, we'll pay what he's worth. Yeah, well, I, exactly. Um... Twenty five million Turkish lira. Uh, no, I, I've again I've gone on the record. I think he's a pretty decent player. I have to say, good goal scorer. You can't just deny that at all. Anyway, uh, no names at all. I'm just quickly going to a couple of rumor sites, seeing if there's any names kicking around. But there's, there doesn't appear to be anything. Uh, do, would you what? Do you want a a a, a buy, uh, Remy, or are you happy to take a a, a loan player? Uh, well, ideally, ideally. It would be a buy um, because I, I, I'm not convinced about Bio. He's the, he's the only player I see now. The more games he gets, the worse he gets. Yeah. Um, Griffiths, I don't think will ever be back to the level he was, and the level he was was SPL good striker. Um, so I, I think, and, and, and you've also got the fear in the back of your mind that somebody's going to buy Edward. So, but not in January. Not in, no, January. We never know. not in January. Yeah. Not in January. I, I, I would agree with that. Definitely not in January. But in the summer, you know, somebody will come hunting for him. I'd imagine, um, and and it'd be good if we've actually got somebody who is staying in the squad and who has delivered in the six months that he's there. Um, but you know, who that player is, I, I have no idea. Um, well, go on, Paul. To be honest, I would go down. <laughs> I would bring two in, and the reason I say that is because you bring one in for now, and you bring one in for now and for the future. So theoretically, we're still going to have the problems with Griffiths. Bio hasn't proven himself. Edward, 
uh, is amazing. But you know, if anything didn't happen to him, I would I would be inclined to. If we know the Griffiths thing's not going to pan out how we need it to be this season, and we've got any doubts over Bio, go out get one, get a, a Dembele or an Edward type, you know, somebody that you can bring in. They're good enough to play at the start, but they're going to get better and appreciating value and fit the business model. But if you need to bring a loan in as well, bring a bring a loan in as cover. You know, we've done it in the past reasonably successfully, and 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 sometimes not successfully, but. If you can get a, an experienced striker in who's not getting a game down south or abroad, wherever they come from, uh, why not have two? Again, we can afford it. So yeah. why not bring two in? I'm just looking here at uh, uh, Dembele's goal uh, against Toulouse at the weekend. Oh, what a goal that is as well. What a, what a player. He's rumoured. Chelsea are rumoured to be looking at him now. Is that right? Oh, yeah. What a player. Oh, again, it's, uh, who knows? Who, who do you think is going to be the better player? Are they, they're probably the same age, aren't they? Dembele maybe a year older? I think Dembele's a year older. Okay. Uh, I, I think as a goal scorer, Dembele's a better goal scorer, but I think Edward's a better player. Um, yeah, if, if you're the club that can get the two of them back together at some point. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you that, we, that would be frightening. I mean, that, that was Roger's whole plan last year. Aye, we, we didn't we didn't get along with him. I mean, we saw no. a wee bit of him the season before when you know Edward was coming in for the left and Dembele was playing a more central role. But if you could get the two of them, if you could afford to get the two of them back together at some point, my God, that'd be frightening. Uh, here we'll better move on because we're times are pressing on the. Um, so that's us. Uh, cup finals December the eighth, three p.m. Sunday December the eighth. Uh, we are playing Rabers. Uh, Again, I haven't really looked at closely. I've seen a little bit of all oh, bring on the Celts or bring on the Tims or whatever they bring on the Fenians or I can't remember what they, whatever they call us. Um, the I, I I have to say uh, they never learn is what was the the one thing that uh, springs to mind. They never ever learn. Remember that time they were in the dressing room, they cheered when they got us in the cup. The um, I, I mean, sometimes you get into these games and you just think, oh well, maybe maybe not. But I, I, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking. I am very, very confident. I mean, it's football, so you never know. But, I mean, I just really fancy us so much against them in a cup final. What do you think, Rem? I I, I watched half an hour of their game yesterday. Um, Hearts were looking as if they were trying to take it to penalties from the first minute. Um, and I thought Rangers were awful. Uh, the 30 minutes I watched, I thought they were a really poor team. They've got nobody in their team that would get in our team. Uh, and I expect us to beat them on December the 8th quite comfortably. Um, Paul, what do you think? I mean, am I got, have I got this completely wrong? No, no. You, 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 what you said earlier, uh, joking aside about Morelos, he's not a world-class player by any means, but in that team, he's the only one that's liable to go in the end of a half chance and do something with it. Because they're not creative at all. You know, they've not got any real creativity in the middle of the park. Their wide players aren't particularly good, despite what they've paid for them. Uh, but Morelos scores a lot of goals. And to be fair, Defoe chucks in a few as well when he's playing. So they've got decent strikers, half-decent strikers. Yeah, but really you, want to you've got to be able but to supply the strikers. That's that's my point. Is uh, if, if it comes down to a, you know... Football v football, uh, we like play them every time. We've got much better players. The, the difference between us and them is their their entire threat comes 
for two places. It comes for set pieces and penalties, or it comes for Morelos or Defoe if, if Morelos is off the park. Whereas we've got threats literally coming from all over the park. We, you don't know where we're going to come at you from. You know, we, we're capable of coming up the park. We're able to uh, left, right, through the centre. We can play long if we need to. We've got options all over the place. And that's the difference, I think, between the two teams. They are very, very one-dimensional. The um, I was speaking to a Rangers uh, supporting pal of mine yesterday, and he was saying, well, um, you know, defensively, you look really weak. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. Have you looked at your own defence? I mean, pfft. I mean, Ball and Golly got absolutely slaughtered uh, at the start of the season. If he'd made a quarter of the mistakes that uh, Tavernier had made, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, he, well, you, you see Hellander. Um, no, I haven't seen a minute. A minute I haven't seen a minute Hellander, of him playing. Well, there can be only one, obviously, but Michael Lustig would race him over 25 yards and can give him a 10-yard start and still beat him. So yeah. could you imagine with somebody like Edward or Frimpong or Forrest or Christie is going to do to him? Um, I mean, their defence is awful. Uh, their goalkeeper is weak still and gets away with murder. Uh, and, and as Paul said, they've got no creativity at all in their midfield. Uh, Ojo is mince. Uh, Kent has not done it and they, they rely totally on Morelos. Um, and he has a track record against us that is pretty consistent. So I, I can't um, remember how do we play? How do we how do we play him? I, I can't remember uh, past games. He's still, he still a complete hothead who is is getting away with it in Scotland. If you look at he's he's getting more bookings in Europe than he is in Scotland because he gets refereed properly in, in Europe. But he is still so easy to wind up, and that Brown will do that in the tunnel. The um. Yeah, and I don't think he can bully Ayer, for instance. Um, I, I, well, well, it remains to be seen. Anyway, I, again, I, I was just thinking about it this morning. I'm just thinking, we're just, I, I just don't see it. I just can't imagine, you know, maybe we might get somebody sent off in the first 20 minutes, or, uh, but I just can't imagine us, you know, not turning them over. Um, you, you know, if you match us man for man, I mean, tactically, I think Lennon's kind of shown that he's more more in a measure for uh, Beal and uh, and Gerrard. So in a tactical sense, I think whatever they throw at us, I think Lennon will be able to adjust uh, to any circumstance uh, if, if required. But in terms of, again, man for man, we I just think, well, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe you could make a case for... The left back against our left back. I like their left back, the Croatian boy, no. but, but he might not play. No, no he he couldn't get in our team. I had a ball and golly. Definitely not. You're talking about the Croatian uh, international team number one pick for left back. He, he well, he's, play. he's team in Scotland. He's not very good. Um, but other than that, I just you know if you're Morelos or Edward, you'd you're picking. Well, maybe not against a kind of bottom half of the Scottish Premier League. You might pick uh, Morelos, maybe, uh, but against a proper opposition, you're picking Edward all the time, simply because he brings so much more to the game. Their captain would be our fourth choice right back. Um, I think you might be (laughs) pushing that a little bit, but certainly uh, between our second and third choice, absolutely. I mean, he can still cross the ball pretty well, uh, Tavernier. Or Tavernier, whatever you want to call him, um, 
but I, I, you know, we won't ask for score predictions for the cup final. But I, I just, I just, I just don't see it. Are we in agreement with that, or is Emery, you know, has, have we got anything to worry about? I, I'm not nervous at all about it. No, neither am I. That and that's always a measure for me. Uh, you know, if I'm nervous about a game, I might just wait, leave it for ten minutes after the kickoff to make sure we're not losing, <laughs> and then turn it on. But I'm, uh, that'll be on. I'll just be turning that straight on because I, I'm quite confident about that. The um, the anyway, we better wind this up. Uh, we've got a game on Thursday. We're going. Uh, oh, you're going, Remy, aren't you? Look at you, uh, I'm indeed, yes. international I'm jet going. setter. When are you leaving? Uh, Wednesday night. I'm flying from Newcastle to London, and then I'm out. First thing Thursday morning, uh, back Friday afternoon. Have you got a wee? What are you? Where are you staying in Rome? Anywhere nice? Uh, I, I, I think it's quite a good one. I was staying in a half decent hotel, I believe. Where is hopefully, it? Hopefully, it has a bar open in it. Is it in Trastevere? Is it uh, Trastevere? No. Is it not? No, it's not. It's it's uh, it's over near. I think it's over near the Vatican somewhere. All right. Well, you're close enough. If you get a chance, go yeah, over. Think... Go over to the It's a great little spot. That's where all the hipsters hang out. That's well, that's where I was when I was the last time I was in Rome. Um, the uh, was the Colosseum finished then? Oh, 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 oh. I was in Rome last summer. You had numpty. There uh, <laughs> was the call. Uh, so, uh, what are we expecting, Paul? Are we are we bothered about the score? Well, you're obviously not bothered. It's the Europa League. You don't care. Aye. But I'll, I'll, I'll take off my usual uh, dispassionate heart. Uh, I think the good thing that two, three weeks ago has done for us is it, it gives us a wee insurance policy yeah. for... Th- this was always our kind of free hit. You know, the, the, the away game at Lazio was probably the one when the draw was made that everybody looked at and thought, that's the real toughie. But we're going there with the points total that we've got, seven points, I think it is. So we're, uh, we're in a pretty good place. We're effectively one win away for qualification. Uh, I don't think Neil Lennon will get out there with any other intention than to try and win the game. He'll be looking at the last game thinking we're good enough, but I think, as, as you said right at the start, Lawrence, we're, we're, we've seen a big improvement in Latch over the last couple of weeks, so they're obviously going to be a wee bit more prepared and probably looking for a bit of revenge as well, so it'll be a tough game. The um, I'm trying to check here. The uh, Did Cluj beat them in Rome, or was that... Um... I think it was in Cluj, was it not? Was First it? Game. Yeah, it was in Romania. It was in Romania. Was it? Um, so yeah, I don't. I think I think you're right, Paul. This is a free hit. If we lose it, big deal because that, that means Lazio still aren't ahead of us. The um, the big game for us is the is the is the Ren game. I we broke Ren, Remy, didn't we? Like remember we oh, broke. Fit. Remember we broke Man yeah, they, City. We broke Ren. Yeah. Well, Ren, Ren was you know the, the form team in France, and I think they're, I think they're in the bottom half of the table now. Um, and they haven't won in the Europa League either, um, so they've been uh, they've been pretty disappointing. That you and we, I hope we don't look back in that draw and say we should have won it, um, which we probably could have done. It seemed a great result at the time. Uh, I'm a bit more uh, hoping for a result than, than you two this week, but I'm also a bit more. If they play the first team, it might be a bit of a struggle for us. I and I I wouldn't mind that. So that would take us to seven. Clues might go to nine because Clues have got Ren at home. Although they'll have to play eleven men and not nine this time, but you'd fancy Clues yeah. to beat Ren, so that would be Clues to nine, Celtic to seven, Lazio to six. Then we've got uh, we go back up to we go back up to ten when we beat Ren at home. You'd fancy Lazio to beat Clues, wouldn't you? Yeah, 
So that would be Lazio to nine and Cluj to nine. I tell you what, we, yeah, could, yeah. we, we might not qualify. We'd have to get a result well, in Cluj on the last day. Well, that's why I'd be quite happy to sneaking a wee draw on Thursday night. Um, I don't think we'll win the game, but I don't think a draw is beyond us if we play really, really well. That's highly unusual not to qualify with ten points, isn't it? Well, it would be. So that's what you know. That, but you know, we we want to get as many points as we can. I think you get a lot more money if you win the group. It'd be nice to win the group and actually get a half decent draw that would maybe give us a chance of getting to the last sixteen. So you know, I, I hope we get a result on Thursday night. I know you both hope we get a result, but I, I don't see it as much of a free hit as, as you two guys. I, I, I think we might need to get a sneaker point of this one. Um, yeah, imagine Wren losing at home. That was a big result. For, I t- are you going to accept it now, Remy, that Cluj are actually a decent team? I think they're pretty average. Uh, and if we'd, have, if, we'd have, if we'd have screwed them up that night, we'd have battered them. Um, anyway. If Fraser Foster had been in goals, we'd have beat them. Um I know. I'm not saying we'd have won the, the nick the playoff, but we should have beaten Cluj. Um. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, that would be quite devastating to get ten points and not qualify. That would be a very, very unusual. But uh, that's what you get when one team is completely, completely out of it. Uh, Ren might Ren might end up the only point to get the point they got against us at home. Um, well, but a, a nice if uh, Ren went to Romania and won. That would be good. Um, yeah. Although or I'm, even got a point, even get a point, you know, get something off them. Uh, they're missing two of their better players, though, I think, because I think uh, the big, the uh, the the midfielder, the kid, what a player he is, by the way. He was one of the ones that got sent off, I think. Uh, he was. Uh, and the goalie, the go- I think the goalie's meant to be pretty good as well. Kamavinga, uh, Kamavinga, I think the boy's name is. Anyway, we'll see. Here, uh, pick a team for Thursday night, Paul. Pick our team. Ah, oh, it's pretty easy, that one. Uh, Forster, El Hamed, Ayer, Julien, Bolingoli, uh, Brown, McGregor, Christie, Forrest, Edward, El Yunusi. Um, what happens if um, if we tied with Lazio at the end of the group? What, what ha- do, Is it the aggregate score? Or what, what's head, to head. Is head, it, to head to head. And then does a does a way goals come into it? I think yeah. it's UEFA fines coming to it at that point. Oh, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think they might hammer us in that one. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm going to. I, I think we might lose maybe two, maybe even three. Actually, um, um, I wish we could do better. You know, my dream world it would be one one or something like that, or maybe even nothing nil nil. But I don't think we can play nil nils anymore. Um, I think we're going to play a three-five-two on Thursday night, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why he tried it in the second half on the, um, Saturday. And we also played much better in the first game when we went to three-five-two and we matched them. We certainly we gave did. Edward some support, so I, I think he's going to, I think El Hamid's going to be the third man. The, uh, well, no, I think he might be the right wing back. And I think he might, he might, and this is just like he might put Beaton in there. So you have a back three of Aya, Beaton, and Julian. Uh, do you know anything, Remy? Do you know anything, or are you just making this up? No, I'm just, I'm, make, I'm guessing, I'm surmising, I'm, I'm just trying to work out. We, we played well at three-five-two against Lazio. Yeah. 
We went to three five two against Hibs, so maybe we're going to try it again. Uh, but the problem with that is that you then have to drop one of Forrester Del Um Yeah, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> you won't drop Forrest. Never in a million years. No, hang on a minute. So you play <laughs> you play Julian, Ayer, Beaton, then you play El Hamed, uh, Brown, McGregor, Christie, Bolingoli. Assuming Bolingoli's fit. That's the other thing. Yeah. If he's not fit, Taylor will need. Well, do you play Hayes or Taylor? I don't know. Would you not play? Uh, would you not play Forrest ahead of El Hamed? I suppose you wouldn't because it's an away match. You would play yeah, Forrest as a away match. Yeah. And then and then you've got the choice because Edward's got to play. So who plays either Forrest or El Yunusi? Who's better in the centre? Yeah. Or playing off the striker? And that's your call if you if you go with that formation. Um. Oh, you'll play Forrest. Guaranteed. 100%. Um, don't know. I don't yeah. know. Forrest, Forrest wasn't great on Saturday and he, he was pretty greedy at times. Uh, he's probably quite a good guy to have to come off the bench. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to maybe devil's advocate a bit, but I, I think we might end up with a 3-5-2. The, uh, you got a score prediction, Paul? Do you know what? Just p- purely a... a... Hope for my good friend who's gone out there. I would say we'll come back with a one-one. It'll be tight. I'm, I'm, there's a bit of me thinks that I, I could accept a defeat, but we're good enough. Oh, we're definitely good enough. I mean, we that that wasn't. I saw who was it. I can't remember. One of the Italian boys after the Milan game saying, "Oh, we should have won that game at, at Glasgow." But I was like, "What? You're kidding me on, aren't you?" Yeah. Uh, kidding themselves on. And they are. So maybe they'll be a, a wee bit complacent. Uh, maybe not. Uh, they're in a good run of form. What do you think, Rem? Uh, I'd love to see uh, a win or a draw, uh, and I'd accept either. But uh, the realist in me says we'll lose 2-0. 2-0. Here, by the way, what's the worst trip you've got? What's the what? worst defeat on a trip? Like, you've gone on a trip, you thought, oh, this is brilliant, and you get there on the games... Absolute mince. Yeah, probably, I, I might actually need half an hour to think about that. <laughs> a wee trip in Europe. I, you, I can tell you. You went in. Sorry, it was Alberg because everything about the trip was murder. It was a, it's the worst place I've ever been in my entire life. It's 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 like a it's like a market govern. It's just unbelievable. And the <laughs> I, game. I've, just, the I've game remembered this. Go on, Ryan. What was it? Porto away. Uh, in their old stadium which uh, which made uh, Pretodri look like the new Spurs stadium um, <laughs> it was all rickety concrete it was absolutely pissing with rain uh, there was no cover the polis were thugs and I nearly my head panned in with a baton before I got into the ground and I was walking up the the vomitry as I think they call them at Celtic Park with my mate and I said and the game had just started and I said to my mate, you know, the one good thing about the Anil team is that we, nobody hammers us anymore. And I got to the top of the stairs and Porto scored. And then Volharen gets such a doing. They just kept putting the ball over the top of his head and it was just like, we're going to get thrashed here. It was only 3 nothing, but oh my God, we get, we get slaughtered and we get soaked. And we all nearly broke our ankles walking out of the stadium and the, the roads and Porto was a shit heap. Uh, yeah, a great trip. 
The uh, well, you'd be pleased with it. I think I think I've been back to Porto since then. It's I, I thought it's a nice little city actually. So, oh, down at the rivers, all right. Ah. The rest it's crap. Um, oh, I was just wondering if either of you were at Utrecht. Was it Utrecht? What was that? River? Was it? Yeah, three? thankfully was it... I wasn't at Utrecht. Oh, man. Was it? Was that four 0 Was it four 0 One 0 Oh, one 0 Oh, happy days here. Um, anyway, I so we'll see. Um, I was, I was just doing those uh, doing those numbers though. That's scary if we get ten points and don't qualify. Because I'm just assuming we're qualifying, but maybe not. Here and then, very very quickly. Uh, Sunday is it Sunday? Motherwell at home. Uh, score prediction, yeah. Paul. Give me a, give me a cheer me up. Aye, uh, we'll win quite comfortably. Uh, say three 0 Motherwell give them a bit of respect. They gave us a good game earlier in the season at, at, at Fur Park. We scored a few, but. They look quite dangerous as well, and I think they've they've been reasonably good this season. I think we said earlier they're probably the only team in the league that other than Rangers that we could say has improved this season. So uh, it'll not be easy, but we should win comfortably. Well, that was another five-two, wasn't it? Was it five-two? That was five-two, yeah. 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 The um... I've scored over seventy goals this season already. Wow, that's unbelievable. And as, as Paul said earlier, um, the uh, we, everybody's scoring. It's not like we're relying too much on one particular player. I mean, yeah, the, only, the only player out of our normal starting 11 that hasn't scored this season is ball and goalie, I think. And it's not for the want of trying. Oh, my God. No, I mean, when, when he scores, he's definitely going to oh. That's a certainty. The top of the shots, never will be off when he scores. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, the, uh, well, I wouldn't mind that so much, but if uh, Stevie Mallon took his top of the shots off, oh, my God. Oh, oh dear, oh, dear. Um, have a salad, mate. Uh, the... Uh, and the score prediction for Sunday, Rem? 5 0. 5 0. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind that at all. The um, Anyway, I think we'll leave it at that. That's an hour and almost an hour and a half. We discussed about, I feel like we discussed about seven games. Uh, we'll try and be a bit more uh, punctual next week. We would have had a podcast last week, but I had no power here in Northern California. Uh, power's back on. So we'll maybe get a, try and get a podcast this time next week, uh, early in the week, uh, to discuss the Lazio games and the Motherwell game and any other attendant business. Uh, anything, anything else left, Paul? Have we, have we covered everything? No, just uh, have, a, have a good trip, Remy. I hope everything goes well and hope you get a drink. Oh! <laughs> what, hey, what is this? What's the state of play, Remy? Are they shutting the whole oh, city they're, cl- they're, claiming, they're claiming that all bars are going to be shut from the Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to the Friday morning at uh, 7, 7 a.m., but Given the amount of tourists that are in Rome, that's kind of happening. No, exactly, it cannot happen. It's just, I'd imagine that the bars near the stadium might be shut, but they're not going to shut all the pubs in Rome. Not well, a chance. Just get yourself, uh, just walk along the river from where. If you're staying near the Vatican, just walk along the river about three or four bridges, and you're into Trastevere. Great wee spot, nice and quiet. Not quiet, but you know what I mean. It's very kind of family, and oh, it's a brilliant spot, and tons of bars in there. Really, really nice. Uh, and full of hips. I'm sure I'll be able to find a restaurant that sells red wine with their dinners. Well, get, get yourself down to Vatican. There'll have plenty of wine going down there. Very good. <laughs> I think I think the lightning storm, if I walked into a church, might put a few off. The, um, no, I, I wouldn't be darting the doors again. I wonder if the Pope will get an audience with Paul Tim. Well, he's had one before. No, that, that was... was the last Pope. It was, the, was it the last Pope that Paul Tim met. Oh, no. His mother. It was his mother, right? I thought that was quite a good joke. I said, I wonder, will the Pope get an audience with Paul the Tim? 
Anyway, right, all the best. Uh, talk to you soon, Paul. All the best, mate. Thanks, thanks, lads. Thanks, Sean. See you later, Paul. See you later. See you then. See you after the Take